G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. And today on one of those big issues... Bigger than big issues, turning our attention to dinosaurs. Well, you may have heard of the dinosaur called Australotitan cooperensis, the biggest dinosaur discovered in Australia. Cooper, as it is nicknamed, was said to be as long as a basketball court and as high as a two-storey building. The name means the southern titan, Cooperensis, because it was found near Cooper Creek in Queensland. The first of the fossilised bones was recovered in 2006 and 2007 by Robin and Stuart McKenzie, who were out riding motorbikes on their property 90 kilometres west of Eramanga, 1,000 kilometres west of Brisbane, not far from the South Australian border. Now, after years of study, researchers have announced that the dinosaur's size is on a par with the largest Titanosaurus dinosaurs from other parts of the world. So we're talking dinosaurs today and how they fit with the creation history we read about in the Bible. Our special guest is Dr. Taz Walker, researcher, writer, speaker on the team at Creation Ministries International, Taz holds a doctorate in mechanical engineering, working with the mining and electricity industries. He's also qualified in earth science. He's published resources about geology and the Bible and loves talking about dinosaurs. Taz, a special welcome back to 2020. Yes, it's really great, Neil, to be here. It's uh, good to hear your voice and uh, great to be on 2020. (laughs) You know, because of lockdown, you were going to be in the studio with me today, but we're doing this uh, on a a special app. But uh, it's going to be a wonderful opportunity to hear from listeners. And I want to encourage listeners, if you've got a question about dinosaurs, something that may have been bugging you your whole life, today is your day. 1-800-316-316 to join in the conversation today to ask the questions question you've always wanted to ask. Hey, let's come back to Cooper, Taz. Uh, Cooper, as it's nicknamed, uh, as long as a basketball court, as high as a two-story building, dinosaurs, huge, uh, were certainly huge creatures. They were huge creatures, and uh, the, the discovery was amazing, and uh, the, they spent quite a deal of time uh, uh, digging it out of the uh, of the sediments, digging it out of the rocks, uh, which is uh, west of Eramanga. And uh, it's now on display in a little museum which has been set up in Eramanga. So if anybody wants to go there, it's a thousand kilometres west of Brisbane at the end of a fairly uh, narrow little road. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a very popular place, Eramanga. You won't be welcomed during lockdown. That's the trouble. I think so. uh, If we're thinking about Cooper the dinosaur, uh, some of us might be familiar with an image in our heads of a Brachiosaurus uh, made popular in some of those sort of movies that have been all about dinosaurs over the years, uh, the Apatosaurus. Uh, How do you describe this particular one? 
that's exactly right. Uh, it's a sauropod is the technical name for it. And so it's a, an animal which walks on all fours, uh, doesn't uh, rear up on its hind legs like the Tyrannosaurus rex. And it has a long tail and a long neck. And uh, originally they thought that these dinosaurs, that they put their necks up really high, but um, there's been a change in thinking. They think that they're more like a goanna, the way they have their tails, you know, they hold their tails and are able to lift them just off the ground and, and uh, walk along like a, like a, not slide along like a lizard, but walk along fairly level rather than pointing up really high. So it's a, it's a very large dinosaur that they found. They found the shoulder, the shoulder bone of it, the humerus, uh, which goes from the... Um, from the shoulder down to the elbow, that's uh, the bone that they found. And based on that, they scaled up the size of what they think it would have been when it was complete. And Taz, uh, while we're talking about very big dinosaurs today, uh, with this one uh, that we're discussing, uh, of course, dinosaurs could have been little as well. Uh, let me ask you, though, because I want to get right to the heart of issues today, because there's a train of thought that assumes that dinosaurs are a real problem for Christians who believe in the Genesis account of creation. You must come across this regularly in presentations you do. What's your immediate response to that idea? Well, they're actually dinosaurs and the discoveries that are made actually confirm the uh, account, the historical account that's in Genesis, uh, the creation and the global flood. Uh, it mainly requires a change of thinking, just looking at it from within a biblical perspective. And so uh, it's been interesting. Uh, I wrote up a report and we've published it on our website about this dinosaur, creation.com. And uh, some of the comments and uh, questions that I receive from people indicate that they, um, they're confused about how to look at it. But once you understand the connection with Noah's flood and how the rocks and the fossils fit in with that, uh, it, it makes things very, very clear. And so that's the key is a, a paradigm shift, you could call it. Uh, because interestingly, the experts who have been making all sorts of claims about this big dinosaur uh, didn't note at all uh, the idea of a Noah's flood type event. Is that significant, do you think? It is significant. Noah's flood is the key. This, this animal would have been buried in Noah's flood. So creation geologists who look at the rocks around the world and work out uh, try, uh, the timing of them, how they connected with the history of the Bible. They've uh, basically fairly uh, consistently of uh, the same mind that these dinosaurs would have been buried during Noah's flood. And there's lots of evidence for that. A lot of dinosaurs are very well preserved. And uh, not only dinosaurs, but swimming marine animals like ichthyosaurs. And they're buried in sediments which cover a large part of the, the continents. And in this particular case, these are sediments which uh, extend a long way in Australia. They go from Cape York all the way down to central New South Wales, all the way across from eastern Australia near Brisbane into the Northern Territory and South Australia. So there are sediments which were laid down over this enormous area during the time of Noah's flood when the whole of the world 
was deluged and destroyed. And so these dinosaurs are ones that um, were trying to escape the deluge and were finally overwhelmed. And this one was buried near Aramanga. So there's a lot of evidence that uh, for catastrophe. Uh, and uh, even geologists and the people who excavated these see that evidence, but they don't connect it with Noah's flood. And there is a reason for that. The geography is important here, isn't it? Where Cooper is uncovered, uh, because it's not as though Cooper the dinosaur, you know, were uh, once a jolly Cooper camped by a billabong. Uh, here we are in the middle of Australia almost, uh, where it's now very uh, arid, semi-arid conditions. And But this idea of uh, the great artesian basin uh, give us an idea where that fits in with our understanding as Christians of Noah's flood. Yes, well, the Artesian Basin, the, it's, uh, it's a little bit confusing uh, in that the, the uh, Artesian Basin is a, a water reservoir which extends from the Great Dividing Range way out to the west and uh, people who lived on properties were able to put bores down into the sediments which are there into the rocks and find water which and it enabled uh, properties to develop cattle properties to develop in that area so the water would come out of the ground the artesian water now this uh these sediments as i mentioned extend a long way and these would have been deposited late in the flood as the waters were rising because we uh, find dinosaur footprints, which indicates that they were still around and they were running. We find dinosaur footprints in these sediments. And, uh, and they had not yet uh, drowned and been overwhelmed because the Bible tells us when the waters rose and they covered the, uh, the whole of the earth, everything that had the breath of life in it perished. And so we see the uh, efforts of these animals to escape from the rising waters and we see then the remains of these animals which are buried and enthusiastic uh, paleontologists and uh, volunteers will excavate these, uh, these fossils and then put them on display in the various museums. Is it too simplistic to say, Taz, if you're looking for the explanation as a Christian, according to biblical evidence of a flood, that it's very simple to say what happened to the dinosaurs? The dinosaurs drowned and were buried in Noah's flood. Is that, a, is that too simplistic just to say that's the, the way that uh, dinosaurs disappeared? Well, that's a pretty good explanation. That, that's indeed the case that... Uh, the dinosaurs, we find their remains and they're buried as a result of Noah's flood. But uh, we remember that Noah was instructed to take two of every kind of uh, land-dwelling animal that breathed air, air-breathing animal, on board the ark, two of every kind, seven pairs of the clean animals like sheep and goats. And so, uh, you know, I often ask a question of people, would he have taken the dinosaurs? Well, of course he would have. They're an air-breathing, land-dwelling animal, and so he would have taken different pairs of the different kinds of dinosaurs on the ark. And, uh, uh, and that raises questions about how he'd fit them on, the big ones. There are a lot of small ones, but how he would fit the big ones on. And so it's very likely you'd expect that dinosaurs, there were dinosaurs that survived the flood. 
And uh, in fact, there's a lot of evidence for that. We find the evidence in lots of uh, uh, things that uh, different people groups have reported that they actually encountered dinosaurs, but they didn't call them dinosaurs because dinosaurs is a, a, a word that was invented in the 1850s, somewhere, somewhere around that. Uh, but before that, they used to call these things dragons in the English language, dragons. So there's lots and lots of uh, evidence of dragons, people encountering dragons, people making etchings and carvings and, and, uh, of dragons. And uh, they resemble uh, dinosaurs, which can be uh, identified. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. And our talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. You can respond to that Facebook question, where do you think dinosaurs fit in the Genesis account of creation? Our special guest is Dr. Taz Walker, a researcher, writer and speaker on the team with Creation Ministries International. He's ready to take your calls. Maybe there's some tough calls to uh, to take and some tough questions to answer. You might have one of those today, 1-800-316-316. Taz, let's take a call. John is in Storwell in Victoria. Hello, John. Welcome along. Yeah, hello. John, what are your thoughts? Well, good morning, Dr. Walker, and lovely to uh, hear your voice this morning. And um, But this this has always been an issue that's uh, puzzled me. And I looked at it some time ago, and I looked up the word dinosaur, and, you know, the word dinosaur means terrible lizard. And I got to thinking... Um, why would God create dinosaurs in the first place? And the more I thought about it, it seemed to me that maybe God didn't create them. I thought, well, we know the devil. We know that Satan isn't a creator, but he can interrupt creation. He can get in there like in Genesis 6-4, it talks about the sons of God joined themselves with the daughters of woman, of man, and they created this giant race. And it, it occurred to me that um, if Satan had the ability to put his fallen angels amongst the daughters of man and create a giant race through manipulating God's creation, could he do the same thing with animals? John, you're asking a good question here. Let's get a response from Taz. Taz? Uh, yes, well, of course, dinosaurs, they're not really an abnormal, unusual sort of an animal. They're a lizard. They're a large lizard, but we've got large uh, elephants. We have, um, we have quite a number of large animals that live on the earth. We've got large animals in the ocean, which are blue whales, those sorts of things. And so if you consider a dinosaur to be just like, uh, you know, an animal that God has created, uh, it's very easy. They fit very easily within the, uh, the the historical framework of the Bible that God created them on day six and that they lived with man before the flood. The large animals, um, you know, they, they're portrayed as being very fierce and, and that sort of thing. But uh, we live with uh, fierce animals today, lions, tigers, uh, buffalo, uh, elephants and those sorts of animals. And Man survives quite well with them, and in fact, God has placed the fear of man on the animals. So I, I don't think it's necessary to invoke that sort of a um, an explanation for how the dinosaurs came about. They're an animal which God created and which 
has gone extinct since the flood, like a lot of other animals uh, that have gone extinct as well. John from Stall, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call. Jeff is in Laura in South Australia. Hi, Jeff. Welcome along. Hi, how are you this morning? Very uh, well. Dr. Walker, good uh, Jeff. to have you on, on the radio. Good, th- good on you, Jeff. What are your thoughts, Jeff? Um, well... I, I don't have a problem whatsoever um, with the idea that dinosaurs went on the ark um, with Noah. Uh, they would have been smaller animals. He wouldn't have to take big ones um, because they would have grown not much over the 12-month period uh, to uh, then populate the earth after the flood. Uh, but the thing being that after the flood, um, climate changed dramatically because there wasn't any rain before the flood. The moisture came up uh, from the ground before that. Okay. So uh, I, I don't think there's a problem whatsoever. And, and it's also mentioned in the Bible, in Job, I think it is, um, it talks about the Levathon. Uh, and uh, the Levathon has uh, a, a tail like a cedar tree, which is certainly not an elephant. Okay. Uh, a thought that's or two right. from... Uh, yep, uh, your thoughts, Taz? Yes, that's right. Uh, Job does talk about that. Uh, uh, God does point out to Job this remarkable animal, and it's actually, he calls it behemoth, which means a large beast, and uh, it does talk about that tail. And um, Bible commentaries and some margins of the Bible point uh, uh, say that it could be an elephant or it could be a hippopotamus, but as you say... The tail doesn't fit that, and it fits a sauropod dinosaur, just like Titanosaurus cooperensis. It would be, could be an animal, something like that, uh, that uh, God is pointing to, which would have been after the flood when they encountered these animals. It may not have been as big as uh, uh, Cooper, and, uh, uh, Cooper, because uh, it lived for a thousand years before the flood, but it would, it would have been after the flood. There's something else you mentioned which I was going to pick up on, but I can't think of it just at the moment. But anyway, so I think that's a good answer to that. Uh, Jeff, was there another element in your question that uh, that just escaped us at the moment? Um, no, I think I've covered it pretty well. Um, Great stuff. In, in, in that um, God created everything. Yeah, fabulous yes. stuff. Jeff, thank the, you so much. Uh, the point that, that you made a point about no rain before the flood, and that was a very uh, that was a widely accepted view amongst uh, creationist scientists. But um, it doesn't actually say that there was no rain before the flood. It says that there was no rain uh, until there was a man to cultivate the earth. It says that in Genesis. So some these days people tend to think that uh, there was rain before the flood and there's uh, various reasons for that and um, yeah so that's just a just a little comment on that extra thing you made Jeff, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Just before we move on from the idea that the Bible mentions dinosaurs, and as you say, Taz, uh, they're not called dinosaurs in the Bible, but you've got a behemoth or uh, what Jeff mentioned as a leviathan. Uh, I picked up a little bit of detail as I was doing some reading about this before our 
our segment today, the very fact that the Bible doesn't single out a detailed description for animals uh, means that when we do have a detailed description of this animal in Job, if it's a dinosaur, that means that dinosaurs actually in the scriptures, in the very Bible that we read, are actually spoken about more than most other animals. So there is a sense here in which dinosaurs feature fairly heavily in the Bible. Is that a fair enough way to think of that? I think I think that's a good way of putting it, Neil. I think that's a good way. I think uh, I always make a little uh, joke when I'm talking to primary age uh, students uh, about uh, the days of creation, and I ask them, I, I say that the the Bible doesn't mention kangaroos. When did were the kangaroos? When did they first appear on the earth? And the children will put their hands up, and they day six. And I said, but it doesn't mention kangaroos. Where do you get that idea from? Oh, it's a land animal. Exactly right. So, so you can work, work out when the different animals appear. And so a dinosaur like uh, Australotitan cooperensis, which is a land animal with four big legs, uh, so that would have uh, that type of dinosaur would have been created on day six. But an animal like a plesiosaur, which is flippers, swims through the ocean. That's a uh, an animal that's of the ocean, and so those animals were created on day five, along with the birds. And so the ple uh, the um, the pterodactyls, the the uh, extinct uh, marine flying animals, uh, would have been on day five, and so. So we can work it work it out from there. If you just consider it to be like any other animal, and the, you can use the Bible as our way of interpreting the world, understanding the world. Time is short in the lead up to news. Let's take a quick call from Steve in Parks. Hey, Steve, need to be quick. What are your thoughts? Good day, brother Neil. Good day, Doctor Walker. How are you both? Good day, Steve. Very Good day, well. Steve. My thoughts will be quick. I'm an old dinosaur. And all my studies have done has convinced me to keep uh, uh, plodding along as an old dinosaur. And that's about all I have to say. I stopped oh. looking for differences a long time ago. Look so dinosaurs do exist. <laughs> well, yeah, you're talking to one now. <laughs> that's the way. I'm an old dinosaur, but I stopped <laughs> looking for differences a long time ago. And I think that there are a lot of answers in the good book. So... Uh, and with uh, Vision Christian Radio and, and Brother Neil, uh, you helped me so much to give me hope and encouragement to keep plodding along, uh, you know, and keeping the faith. Sometimes you get knocked down pretty hard, but it teaches you to get up and keep trying all the time. Steve, you're an inspiration and uh, I do appreciate you calling in from time to time and uh, you usually make a wonderful contribution. Steve from Parks, thank you so much for Good your call. Good on you, Steve. And I'd remind you, if you're looking for more detail about dinosaurs, I often like to point people to creation.com where you can access a library of 10,000 plus articles and many of those are going to be talking about dinosaurs. You can join in our conversation today, 1-800-316-316. There's also a Facebook question you can respond to. And I might say you might like to take the opportunity to engage with other listeners to our conversation around that question. Where do you think dinosaurs fit 
in the Genesis account of creation. Before we take another call, and there's plenty of them ready to go, Taz, let me just ask you, though, because we talked about the geography, where Cooper was found, and in western Queensland, near the South Australian border, right there in the middle of what we'd call the Great Artesian Basin, What's important here, perhaps, is the idea that Cooper is found in the top sedimentary layer. I wonder what that says about the burial of of Cooper uh, those years ago. Any thoughts here? Yes, it is the top sedimentary layer. It's good to be back with you, Neil, and uh, you did a really great introduction there. It's called the Winton Formation, so it's the same for a layer that extends all the way up to Winton, and the particular, these uh, sediments, they uh, about at least two kilometres uh, thick. They can, in some places, they're thicker than that, so there's a lot of sediment which was deposited and you do find dinosaur remains in other parts of the of the area, not just in the uppermost parts. And you also find dinosaur footprints. There's been dinosaur footprints found up near Winton uh, in a couple of places and some very large sauropod uh, footprints, so large that some a person can sit within the round shape of the foot and you can see the mud squeezing up through the toes of the or the of this particular uh, sauropod, so I don't think it would have been Cooper, but it would have been a, a dinosaur something like it, which was uh, was found was found uh, out there near Winton. Okay. So yeah. Yep. Fabulous stuff. Taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's see if we can get it through a few uh, calls. Uh, here we go. Uh, Nate is in Alice Springs in the Territory. Hey, Nate, welcome along. Hello, Hi, Nate. Nate Good, Nate. What are your thoughts? G'day. I've got two questions, so I guess I'll let you pick one. Um, first of all, there was the... Um, oh, we've got a few of the Creation Ministries books. So the the Tyrannosaurus Thighbone, I believe it was, which had the, um, the marrow... Uh, still, still intact. Um, oh yes. How, uh, yeah, I'm just wondering how they knew that was from a specifically from a T-Rex. Was there more? Were there more bones inside? I never found anything out about that. Okay, Tyrannosaurus this, with bone marrow still intact. Uh, your thoughts here, Taz? Um, well, I think you're referring to the work done by um, Mary Schweitzer. And she published work on bone that had bone marrow intact and also blood, uh, red blood vessels, blood, blood cell, uh, cells in it. And uh, so it would have been identified by the shape of the bone. And as I understand, it was brought back on a helicopter or something like that. So people were aware of the type of bone that it was um, was identified from. And that indicates that uh, it's surprising to everyone that these uh, can't be, or, or how could these possibly be 70 million years old? If we have got uh, fresh blood cells in it, and uh, also stretchy uh, um, material which is in the bones, and so uh, that's created a huge evidence or huge puzzle that these things are actually young, which is what you'd expect from uh, being buried in Noah's flood. Okay, Nate, we'll keep you at one question there. There's a bunch of calls getting through, but thank you for calling through today. Let's take another call. Brett is in WA. Hi, Brett. Welcome. Hi. Um, yeah, how you going? Good, Brett. What are your thoughts? Uh, it was just a um, 
in reference to Behemoth and Leviathan. Um, now, in the scripture, I, I don't read it as a physical beast. I read it as a spiritual beast because Leviathan is the king of the children of pride and Behemoth is one of the ways of God. So we've got a beast of humility and a beast of pride and Leviathan can't be defeated in uh, the description of uh, Job 41 um, by man. Uh, but God gave man dominion over all the beasts of the field and the fowl of the air. And the only one that could defeat him was Christ. Um, that's that's how I read it. I'm just wondering if there's any uh, input there as to um, why it would be a physical beast. Good thoughts, Brett. Uh, Taz, your response? Well, it does speak about it does speak about a lot of physical uh, aspects of it. Uh, he eats grass. He's got the, he's talks about his legs. It talks about his belly, and it talks about his tail and his sinews and uh, the bones that he that he has. And then about Leviathan, which uh, there's some one interpretation that it could be a very large crocodile. Uh, whereas Behemoth uh, fits the uh, description of a sauropod. And uh, Leviathan uh, talks about the shady trees cover him, the willows of the brook, he's in the Jordan, and talks about his mouth and his eyes. So I think you could take these, uh, you know, as like uh, Richard the Lionheart. He was a king and he's, uh, you know, it, it made to look like, you know, he's as strong as a lion as bold as a lion or something like that. So these physical animals could be taken, uh, as you're saying, as to not to represent, but as um, uh, illustrations of the strength of certainly spiritual beings. Uh, Brett, does that answer your question? Because it's very interesting, isn't it, uh, that there is temptation to spiritualize something when, in fact, uh, you've got a physical description and uh, you have to then expect that uh, so there are some experts on uh, literature and all of those sorts of things that might be able to shed some light on that. But uh, uh, just uh, does that answer your question at all, Brett? Uh, well, yeah, it sort of does. I mean, I've already thought of those things, particular um, in the sinews and the, and the eating of the grass and uh, what that all represents. Um but in a spiritual aspect, I mean, it does say that he is the king of the children of pride. Um, and it talks about how his um, scales and things are unpenetrable and all those sorts of things. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can see the physical aspects because we can only see physical um, in reality to work out how the spiritual realm works. And that's why we have the Old Testament with the children of Israel coming out of Egypt through um the wilderness into the promised land as a symbol of how the spiritual, uh, how the church works today um, with us coming out of the house of bondage, being baptized through the sea, given the law um, through the promised land. Um, so all those sort of things are, I can see what you're saying with the, the physical side of it is there as well as the spiritual. But uh, in regards to those animals, I mean, there is evidence to show that there is dinosaurs around. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, you could be right, but um, those two beasts, to me, appear to be um, a spiritual beast only because of the description of 
Uh, Leviathan. Yep. Brett, I want to thank you so much for your call. Good insight there. And uh, something that I think is important that goes along with Brett's thoughts and his question there is the idea that man was walking with dinosaurs and the idea of even there being a description of a dinosaur in the Bible. Uh, what can we talk about here, Taz? Uh, man walking with dinosaurs. That doesn't fit with the 65 million years ago theory uh, about uh, dinosaurs ruling the earth for 140 million years and whatever. Uh, We're talking here in a creation history account, a more literal way of thinking about the Bible history here, of actual man walking with dinosaurs. Is that relevant? It is definitely relevant. And uh, within the, the evolutionary framework, which is really a naturalistic way of looking at the world and everything made itself, Within that framework, the, the idea is that dinosaurs died out 65 million years ago, long before humans came on the earth in that belief system. But uh, according to what the Bible tells us is that God created all the animals uh, at the beginning and he created humans at the beginning. And then you've got the uh, dinosaurs and all the animals going on the ark and uh, that would have included dinosaurs and coming off. And so we do see evidence of that. One really popular book that... Uh, that we have and that I've used and uh, and people find it very, very interesting is called Dire Dragons by um, a guy called Nelson, Vance Nelson. And uh, that's got lots and lots of examples. Uh, one example would be there's a temple uh, in Cambodia which has got carvings of animals on one of the uh, pillars there. And it includes a carving of an animal which looks really just like uh, just just like a uh, a dinosaur, uh, which is uh, quite amazing. You can actually identify it. Uh, this dinosaur, which is on the carving of uh, the the temple in Cambodia. Fabulous stuff. 1-800-316-316. If you have a question or a comment or even an alternative idea as we're talking about dinosaurs today and Australia's biggest dinosaur, call us 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Cindy is in Wangaratta in Victoria. Hi, Cindy. Hello. Cindy, I've been watching. Um, yeah, I've been watching First Footprints on the TV uh, SBS channel. SBS 34. Um, I missed the first episode, which um, I'll have to catch up on sometime. But, yeah, learning a lot about how um, they say that they've, they've been here 12,000 years, but scientists say we've been here 200,000 years. Um, and do they believe in our God and Jesus and Holy Spirit? Because they say the seagull woman made the, formed the islands and the serpent, you know, they got a say hello to the rock before they go there, do they remember them? And they got that dream time stories, the law stories that they passed down, the great flood, um, ancestral beings, um, there's a lot in it. Cindy, Ceremonies. good thoughts there. Let's get a response from Taz about dream time stories and cultural stories. Sorry, Cindy, did you miss something? And the fire stick farming, that they didn't have many trees around because they always burnt fires that were healthy fires that um, managed with careful management, they created a bounty of um, healthy land. It, it's a cool burning. It doesn't burn the whole tree. It just burns the ground and the animals, it, 
because it, it burns slowly, the animals escape. It's a, and that's, that's why they could throw their boomerangs because there wasn't many trees around. And after the trees overgrew, um, they had to use spears. They went from kangaroo to fish to kangaroo again. <laughs> okay. Uh, Taz, your thoughts for Cindy? Yeah, so there's, there's a lot of uh, skills there, aren't there, Cindy? Um, uh, it's, I, th- I think it's interesting to uh, understand people in the world from a biblical perspective in that all the people in the world, you and me and Neil and, and everybody that's alive today, uh, are related because we go back to Noah and his wife and their children, their three children that were on the ark. So we're all descended from them. And so the, our heritage goes back to people who knew God, who uh, were obedient to God and, and did what he wanted them to do. But we know, like when we look at the stories in uh, the, the uh, Old Testament with children of Israel, people continually went astray continually departed from God. They, they, and we read in Romans about how people knew that God was there, but they, they uh, suppressed the truth. And so I think in any culture, there's, there's stories which go, the heritage goes back to the true history of the Bible, the Great Flood, the Tower of Babel. I think they're in Dreamtime stories. And there's also a, a, a line that goes back to a corrupt line where of departure from the truth. So, and to sort out the differences uh, requires quite a bit of wisdom. Cindy in Wangaratta, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Let's continue taking some calls. Sat is in Sydney. Hi, Sat. Welcome. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Very well. What are your thoughts? Okay. Um, we have this carbon dating. We can carbon date animals. We can carbon date timber and also, we can commandate human uh, bones. So my question is, when we can commandate all these things, so we commandate human bones, does that mean that we live for millions and millions of years? Good thoughts. Like what? they say for other objects that animals and other things live for millions. and It's only a formula that they're going by. Controversial yes. thing, isn't it? Carbon dating, Taz? Your it thoughts? is a controversial thing, and it's it's a, a tricky thing. We get lots and lots of questions about carbon dating and radioactive dating and the uranium dating, those sorts of things. The idea that the world was millions of years old was around long before people knew about carbon dating, before they knew about isotopes and uh, radioactivity. It came about as a result of, uh, in the early 1800s, uh, as and uh, so that's when the idea of millions and millions of years or the, uh, came about, and the carbon dating and radioactive dating has been used as a way of justifying that. And so you basically all carbon dating every every dating method depends on assumptions. You can't actually you can't actually uh, measure the time by just making measurements in the present, and so you can get any age you like. <laughs> um, people. Pr- probably don't like me saying this, but you can get any age you like. The answer is, what age would you like? And uh, so if you go to creation.com and type in carbon dating, radioactive dating, you'll find lots of lots of very simple answers or, or, or explanations for how it works. And so the, you, you can really dismiss those dates because they're based on assumptions to fit in with the long age naturalistic belief that everything made itself. Sat, does that answer your question? 
Uh, thank you. Yeah, I've done science. I know. I just wanted to see what he would come up with. Thank you so much. Fabulous well, check out the, the articles. There's uh, how dating methods work is a, is a simple, good one. Sat, thank you so much for your call. And you, uh, we'll Sat. probably need to put a line under calls now. Just a few minutes remaining for our conversation. Uh, just to refer to a Facebook question that we're asking today. Where do you think dinosaurs fit in the Genesis account of creation? Matt says, I believe it's possible that knowledge of dinosaurs might have been more widespread a thousand to three thousand years ago. But perhaps at the time, dinosaurs weren't important to the culture at the time to document. Uh, any thoughts for uh, Matt and his uh, thoughts there? I uh, think that could be valid. Uh, there are stories of uh, dinosaur-like animals from India and from China. And there's a story of St. George killing the dragon, you know, and so... There are there there's stories from Ireland and places like that. There's even names uh, in Ireland which reflect uh, dinosaur names and dragon, you know, with including the word dragon in it. So uh, people were aware of them and people were afraid of them. They were could be quite fierce, like lions and other fierce animals, crocodiles uh, today. Taz, just quickly, because we've only got a few minutes left, but obviously this uh, this idea of controversy around the age of dinosaurs is one of those things that for a lot of people holds them back from putting their full faith in Christ. So hearing a discussion like this today, no doubt there'll be listeners who are saying, well, maybe it's raised more questions, but others are going to say, well, that's answered some of those questions. I need to put my faith determinedly in Christ. Uh, what are your thoughts for getting rid of some of these blockages that keep us from believing in God and uh, the salvation message of Christ that we have? Oh, indeed, that's the case. Um, I, I heard I met a lady or spoke to a lady uh, called Terry who came to Christ in a mature age and she was talking to a, a friend at church and saying, it's really a pity the way the Bible starts. It's just so contrary to it. Uh, everybody knows that the world evolved. It wasn't created in six days. But she had a paradigm shift <laughs> by getting Creation magazine. The point is it creates a lot of uncertainty and people will, will often attack that. Do you, you're a Christian. Do you believe in Genesis? Do you believe God that the world is only 6,000 years old? And, and often that can be very off-putting for people. So, yes, it's good to have uh, answers to these things. As I say, sometimes you have a conversation like this and it raises questions. And after we've finished the conversation, some will say, oh, I should have called in and asked that particular question. But when I say that there are 10,000 plus articles searchable on the Creation website, creation.com, uh, it's easy to search for answers for questions that you've got, isn't it, Taz? Oh, it is easy, and uh, it's got a good search box on that site. Plus, there's also um, videos. There's uh, you know uh, video clips and uh, long. There's half hour ones, fifteen minute ones, a few minute ones, which people can search. Very, very helpful, and we get a lot of people commenting just how helpful it is to uh, clear away those uncertainties that they have. And just quickly before I have to tie things up, when there are students who are studying geology and uh, all of the sorts of sciences that are related around uh, dinosaurs, 
Is there a sense here in which uh, those sorts of thoughts about there being a Noah's-style flood don't even enter into the sorts of things people would talk about in a classroom? Uh, These things are being taught at university level, but people are given a narrative and uh, even dissuaded from pursuing the idea that there may have been a flood that caused all sorts of geographical uh, dislocation and uh, and uh, all sorts of um, of these bones uh, buried in the uh, in the sediments. What are your thoughts for what gets taught in university? I think that it's a it's a very valid point that you're making, and I like the term narrative. A narrative, it's a story. It's put forward as a scientific fact that these things have been discovered, that the evidence we've looked at the evidence, and we're just following the evidence. Where in actual fact. What is happening is people are interpreting the evidence. They're building a narrative around the evidence, a narrative based on naturalism, that is everything made itself. And so anybody that goes to university really needs to be uh, pre-armed, pre-equipped. And that's why we encourage families to make sure their children uh, get information, get the magazine, and uh, that a lot of these questions are dealt with. Because I know from my grandchildren, just in the last uh, five years, when they get to uh, high school, the uh, the pressure is immense uh, on pushing evolution and having to write assignments on it. And so students need to know in their own minds that even if they're not going to argue the case, they need to have answers for themselves so that they can remain firm and solid. Uh, Taz, so much more we could say because, as you say, the kids are coming home from school and they're bringing this narrative into the home. Parents, in some sense here, have a responsibility to counter that narrative they're bringing home from school and to present a biblical narrative of God as creator and the idea that there will be something that holds together, a watertight way of thinking about humanity and about life and about sin and about salvation, all of those important issues. Let me point people to creation.com to research some more on dinosaurs. Dr. Taz Walker is a researcher, writer and speaker on the team at Creation Ministries International. Taz, always love your insights. Thanks so much for joining us today on 2020. It's great to be with you, Neil. You do a great job. It's nice to be to be with you and to sit alongside you like this. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.